Welcome to the Strictly Business Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Grodson, and we are coming to you from Elk Grove Village, Illinois, home to the nation's largest industrial park. The Strictly Business Podcast brings you news and information about the village's diverse business community, highlighting the people and companies that create, invest, and live in Elk Grove Village. Welcome back to another episode of the Strictly Business Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Grodson. Today we're talking industrial real estate with the industrial team from Jones Lang LaSalle. We have Brian Carroll. Hey, Brian. Hello. Hello. <laughs> we have George Kutro. Josh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, George. And we have Chad Book. Yeah, thanks, Josh. <laughs> Glad to be back here with you guys. Thanks for thanks for coming in, guys. We've got a lot to talk about. We're kind of wrapping this is our year wrap up, talking about the industrial market because, as many people know, Elk Grove Village is the largest industrial park in the country, and our vacancy rate is a historic low. I think it's only 2.36% vacant in Elk Grove Village. So you guys are the experts in the field. What's what's going on in the O'Hare market and industrial in general? Uh, thanks, Josh. Let me take a stab at this first. We've got some marketing conditions to give you in the O'Hare market. Uh, for JLL, we track the O'Hare market is Elk Grove Village, Bensonville, uh, O'Hare Airport, Des Plaines, Itasca, and Wooddale. And that inventory base makes up a roughly 94 million square feet of inventory in a tightly constrained uh, area, which ranks the fourth largest market in Chicago, Chicago being a 1.3 billion square foot market. Uh, Elk Grove Village, as, as we all know, is the largest uh, city in, the, in, that, in O'Hare, and roughly... 41 million square feet of, of that inventory is in, in, in Elk Grove Village, which is roughly 43% of all O'Hare inventory, which is great. O'Hare's vacancy rate, which includes Elk Grove Village, we have it at 1.8%. Wow. Versus Chicago Metro, which is at 3.5%. So you're doing better than Chicago Metro area. And both of these vacancy rates are all both new time lows, which is amazing just how strong the market is. Net absorption, which is a key indicator, and that's really the calculation of the change in occupied space. So what was occupied last quarter minus what was occupied this quarter, that net difference is what makes up the net absorption figure. For O'Hare, that volume was 3.7 million square feet for the year, uh, which was the third largest in the Chicago metro market. And the Chicago metro market overall was 45.9 million square feet absorbed. Both those numbers are all new time highs. Our leasing environment here reached 7.7 million square feet for the year. Again, it ranks third amongst uh, all the Chicago markets, where the overall transaction volume for Chicago Metro was at 64.9. Again, both are all new time highs. Uh, we had five. We saw five buildings uh, be delivered in Chicago in the O'Hare market this this year, which what roughly added uh, 771,000 square feet of inventory which was uh, four of those buildings were speculative in nature, and two of them were all Grove Village. Uh, Siegfried Industrial Group with Nuveen built uh, two buildings, a 79,000-square-foot spec building and an 83,000-square-foot spec building. Both of those buildings on Devon Avenue were successful in finding tenants to lease them up. Uh, Chicago overall uh, built 20.8 million square feet this year, which was the third consecutive year we saw uh, deliveries over 20 million square feet. Uh, Right now, Chicago O'Hare Market has three new spec buildings underway, 
uh, and then addition, which will be about 736,000 square feet of new inventory. And then we have three new projects that are going to be built. And one of those is in your market where uh, a local developer has got plans for a 186,000 square foot building in Elk Grove Village at, at Northwest Point. Uh, again, they're working on details, but uh, that will be another spec building that uh, will grace Elk Grove Village's domain. That's the, on the big box or the big news on the market. Chad, do you have anything else to add? No, I think we'll kind of segue into uh, our next point is that what we're seeing is pricing in the greater O'Hare market is really setting the bar across the greater Chicago market on a, a land basis, uh, net asking rental rates, as well as uh, sale pricing. So um, just a couple of high water marks. Land is pushing into the mid to upper 20s per square foot. Um, seeing a lot of speculative redevelopments. Um, that's in O'Hare, correct? In the O'Hare market, correct. Um, asking rates, Class A product, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, we, we thought it was the high sixes and sevens. It's, it's clearly moved uh, through the eights into the mid nines on a new product. And some of those are being devised into uh, smaller units uh, under 50,000 square feet. But, but $9 is really kind of the um, the asking rate on a new product in the O'Hare market. And then on uh, Class A investment sales, we used to think 100 to $120 a square foot was a, a big number a couple of years ago. Now um, we've, we've hit 140, 150, uh, 160 upwards. Um, those are some of the high water marks, again, across the Chicago market. Other infill markets, whether it's the city or parts of Cook County, again, are, are pretty high, but O'Hare really does command top dollar. For industrial and the nine dollar net rent chad that's also probably the high water mark for chicago for rents of any market but, he, but even El grove in the uh class b and c category smaller buildings built back in the 50s and 60s and 70s still functional still in good condition mm-hmm. i mean my renewals in some of these buildings 10 20 000 square feet we're pushing nine sometimes 950 gross which is great numbers and on the sale of the same type buildings 30,000, 40,000. In some cases, we're pushing mid-70s to 80 a square foot, which are just, you know, to me, are stunning numbers. Yeah, the, 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 the market is, I don't think people realize how strong it is. When I started here in Elk Grove Village, you know, 10 years ago, we had vacancy rates of 13%. Yep, I remember those days. Now we're talking about 1%, 2% uh, with absorption rates. And let's not gloss over absorption rates. That, that might get lost you know, because it might be too technical of a term, but you're saying 3.7 million square feet. That's that's all the leases backing out people vacating space. So it's the net correct space being occupied. That's positive. Basically, you have more people moving in than moving out of this market to the tune of almost 4 million square feet. That's an incredible number. Right. And, and people it, think this is, oh, nothing's happening in manufacturing. Nothing's happening in industrial the casual observer doesn't realize the incredible growth. Right. This this pandemic has really changed the landscape on industrial real estate, and you're seeing a lot more people expand their base because of it. The, the need to store goods, to manufacture goods, has increased exponentially because people aren't going to store as much, and these goods need to be warehoused somewhere to get to the end user in a timely fashion. So that retail store is now turning into an industrial building. I think another big trend with COVID and supply chain issues, O'Hare International Airport, huge economic driver for the region, getting 
Josh and your team may know the number, how many daily international cargo flights are coming in, but those air cargo freight forwarders were you know, usually just moving some of the time-sensitive and high-value inventories in and out of the market, but a lot more companies have shifted to air cargo away from sea cargo. Um, we hear about the backlogs of the ports of Southern California, getting containers in from Asia. Um, air cargo has been the go-to workaround. It's obviously way more expensive, but companies are saying, I need product and I can't wait six months and container costs have gone up. So they're electing to do air cargo, bringing that stuff in here. So another um, ancillary driver for the greater O'Hare market. And, and some of those users, freight forwarders, 3PLs, are definitely taking down um, some of those Class A buildings in the market. That's a great point. The The economy's changed. It's always changing, but it seems like it's accelerated lately. And Brian, I mean, what are the users that you're People are coming to you looking for space. Has that changed over time? What's driving this market? Is it, is it e-commerce? Is it supply chain? Uh, yes and yes, but also labor. Manufacturing. Uh, manufacturing. Uh, the, you know, again, again, back to these thirty to 40,000 square foot buildings, that tremendous activity, it's all manufacturers. Uh, these are all 16-foot ceilings, 18-foot ceilings. You would figure dysfunctional in today's market. Not anymore. I mean, we're getting good activity. Uh, it's no longer, I mean, you used to get the listing on 30000 and yeah, Mr. Sauer, Mr. Sauer would be 6, 12 months to find a buyer. It's now in the first 60, 90 days, mm-hmm. uh, if not when they sign the agency. And then pre-leasing on these speculative buildings is, is the best we've ever seen. I've never seen a, a market where you, it's not so much how fast you lease it after completion, it's how fast you're going to pre-lease it. And Brian, perfect example of that. There's a four-building complex that's in uh, Bensonville in the O'Hare market where Three of the four buildings are already spoken for, and they haven't put a shovel in the ground yet. These are three hundred thousand plus buildings, too. Correct, and to main and main users. That's that's amazing because years ago, a spec building could sit three, four years. Yep. Right. Yep. Until the market caught up. Now, before there's a shovel in the ground, there's right. there's people interested. That's it's really accelerating and quite they, a bit. And it's funny you say that because back in 2005 and 2006 in the last heyday where the market was very strong, you had a lot of developers rush to O'Hare, put a bunch of spec up, and then 2008 occurred and there was no more demand. And those buildings sat vacant, Josh, to what your point, you know, two, three years before they could attract tenants just because the market just dried up because of the economy. What's interesting, I'm seeing a lot of, of data center development and, and data center, when I started here, I think we had two data centers. Now we have almost a dozen, probably two, two and a half million square feet. And they're still a mystery. The data centers are a mystery. No one knows what they do, who's in there, what's going on. These are the cloud computing buildings. These are every th- click on Amazon, every click on Walmart.com is shooting a signal through here that gets that package to you uh, by 10 p.m. that night. And it's funny you said this. Not, it's not who, it's what's in there. <laughs> right. <laughs> millions and millions of dollars of computers, you know, tracking your sales and, and pushing it to the vendor to create a deal. So what's your explanation as to why Oak Grove has become a data capital? That's a great question. You know, a lot of it is there's a lot of fiber. No, it's because of Josh. <laughs> they came because of me. There's a huge fiber trunk that runs along Bussy. And I think there's um, six or so, like, what they call internet switching centers in the country. Two of them are in Elk Grove Village. So that means, and I'm not a technical guy, but what I'm told is that means the, the latency, the signals can go faster through here than most other areas because there's less switching. 
That's a very unsophisticated, <laughs> untechnical answer, but it, it's the fiber. It's that we're outside of Chicago, so there's the redundancy of being, you know, more of in a suburban setting. There's some land out here. There's some teardown ability. The buildings you're talking about, the 16 foot ceilings are not being torn down for 32 foot ceilings. So those are good data center buildings. And the state of Illinois has a sales tax exemption for uh, construction material that's data center related. So there's a lot of factors for Elk Grove Village. But not only data centers, I'm also seeing manufacturing. Nick and I, my colleague who's not on the podcast right now, we've talked to a lot of manufacturing companies that over the years they have accumulated three or four buildings and now they're looking for efficiencies. How can we get into one? How can we connect, take three buildings and connect them? So Elk Grove Village has been flexible in allowing people to connect buildings, um, you know, on, you know, basically creating one giant lot. So we're flexible and, and business friendly in how we approach that. Uh, for example, um, Steiner Electric is a company we talked about earlier. They had two buildings right next door to each other. They built a connection between great. the two buildings, which, great project. which is yeah. tough because this area, there's different grades. A lot of these buildings are in different grades. There's parking issues. There's drainage issues when you're covering up, you know, grass or, you know, a permeable surface. Uh, but we're flexible, so we let people uh, kind of – we work with people to help them do those developments. But also – uh, we took a tour recently of a frozen pizza manufacturing company. People have been going out as much, so frozen pizza sales are through the roof. You know, so those the many of the food companies are expanding, uh, prepared foods of which we have many. Uh, Brent Anthony Foods, uh, Maricopa Pizza, probably names you know. Yeah. Back to the data, real quick. I mean, you mentioned uh, the fiber, but also the power here is, is phenomenal with kind exactly power. But a big part of all this is you know, Elk Grove is very visionary. I mean, you guys saw the opportunity with data. And uh, you guys aggressively go after it, you know, on a national basis to bring opportunities here back to your town. And if I can piggyback off what Brian's saying, JLL does have a data center group, and mm -hmm. we've got some stats to pull together. There's 15 data centers in O'Hara, 12 of which are in Elk Grove Village. <laughs> and that 12 uh, buildings is roughly 2.7 million square feet. And the unique this about that is all those buildings were once industrial buildings that they converted. So that's really played tricks on the inventory for Elk Grove and O'Hare because you would think with all the new construction that O'Hare's base would grow, but it's actually porpoised because you're losing buildings to data centers and you know what's being re what's old stuff that's being replaced as new industrial is not large is, is smaller than the existing structure because the land coverage is different in today's environment. Mm -hmm. So the, the market has really changed substantially in shrinking because of this. Right. The footprint's a little different. The uses are different. But uh, it still all adds up to low vacancy and, and high inventory. But, you know, I should say, you know, George and Chad, you guys are the, the data guys, the data experts. Um, and, and, Brian, you're more on the out in the field working with the companies, looking for space. Um, and we interact on quite a regular basis, you know, sharing information and Elk Grove is, is, you know, tries to be business friendly and, and make sure that your people you're representing have an easy path to occupancy and tenancy in, in Elk Grove Village. So I make sure we get this, the, give proper kudos to the team here. Uh, and I'm not a data expert, but I do find it fascinating. And what, are, what else can you tell us about the market, George and Chad, that, that, you know, most people don't realize because they don't have access to the kind of data that you have and the numbers that you have. I mean, where is this going? I mean, you, can you have zero vacancy, 100% <laughs> yeah, occupancy? Well, 
I think in some of the top coastal markets, northern New Jersey, southern California's Inland Empire, you know, back a couple of years ago, we started hearing their brokers talking about, oh man, it's tight. It's one, two, three percent vacant. Well, we're now in a similar situation where Chicago, being in the Midwest, we have tons of available land. You could just keep going further west out I-88 and I-39 and go put up a million square feet. But in some of these tighter infill markets, yeah, we've certainly compressed, uh, you know, below five and six percent, which was kind of a state of equilibrium. Now these, some of these markets are running in the two to three percent, and and some just under that. So uh, users are are certainly having a tougher time um, finding finding the right building for them. So I think it, it's maybe a, a new normal, so to speak, where markets are going to be hovering uh, below five and six percent, and and. You're gonna to have to get creative when it's two and three percent vacant to to go out and find something because the the answer isn't always oh well just keep drive out to the next exit or go out to Elgin go out to Huntley go out to Aurora uh, that doesn't always work for everybody a lot of those groups need to say hey we need to be inside Cook County to service either downtown population or retain our workforce or uh, just to save on transportation costs. I think infill is here to stay. And what we're seeing, and you guys, kudos to you because I think you're one of the first communities to do this. You're going to see a lot of uh, troubled or distressed assets in other classes such as office or retail where proactive communities like Elk Grove Village are going to start saying, this is a good site for industrial development. Industrial development, industrial demand is so high and now it's the, the new cachet of class asset in the market. We need to rethink our strategy and change and convert this stuff and allow industrial use to be on these sites. A perfect example is that I mentioned earlier about Bensonville. That was a residential community that uh, two developers saw an opportunity and they converted that into four not large industrial buildings uh, that three of them already spoken for and they're not even in the ground yet. So we're going to see more communities doing that which will help feed this new animal that's growing but not at the rate we're, we're going to need it now just because the demand is so high but t- tomorrow demand could change and, and then we could be back at equilibrium equilibrium which Chad said was roughly between six five and six percent and then things will be equal but right now it's a landlord's market and, and prices are going to reflect that you know example is what you guys did at Northwest Point you yeah. took an office park I was going to bring that up an office point and you guys uh you know the first mold to break was MC machinery that went from basically uh Flex type building, mostly some manufacturing, some assembly, some warehouse. You, the zoning was changed to allow the use there. Great play, and as a result, going forward now, three, four years later, you got tell the story. You tell the story. Well, yeah, no, that's that's. I was gonna just bring that up because I think it really shows how the public sector and the private sector can work hand in hand. Is that the public sector needs to be creative and kind of not hold on to some of these old reuses that are not really developing as, as quickly as industrial. Northwest Point being a great example, that was developed, I think, in the 80s as a Class A office park, 70s. Okay, as, as, your, as your typical suburban office park with the, the nice fountains and retention ponds and the, the nice buildings, but it never really uh, took off as far as um, being fully occupied. There were a lot of still kind of vacant pieces of property that weren't developed. And you brought in uh, your... Uh, one of the companies you were representing, MC Machinery, uh, which they came to the village and said, hey, we want to build our North American headquarters here. We're a manufacturing company, kind of, but this would be headquarters, a showroom, uh, you know, distri- distribution of our machinery, 
it's not we're not really making anything. We're not having 16 docks. You know, we're having one dock. I think there's probably just one dock. There's four docks. <laughs> four docks, one dock. Tomato, it's, tomato. Right. It, it's still not a multi-dock truck terminal kind of situation. Right. right. And we were flexible and said that would be a great use up there because we're not seeing the office development, but we're we're getting an inkling here of the industrial development. So we worked with MMC Machinery and Uden and made that happen. Uh, fast forward a year or two later, two years later, uh, another company, Yamazon, did the same thing on a site that was thought to be undevelopable as, as a swamp, but it turned out it could be developed. And we saw the writing on the wall, and we changed the zoning code to Northwest Point, where now it allows for more warehousing and less office and more conducive to the to the still high-profile, high-image buildings um, that we require up there. But we'll probably see more of these types of companies look to that area because uh, it's right on the Golden Corridor manufacturing, the I-90, so the frontage is perfect, uh, the infrastructure is there. Um, so that was great win for the village and for MC Machinery and for Yamazon. And you'll see more of that because you'll see more companies like that where even if there was the inventory, mm -hmm. it, it wouldn't fit what they need. They would have to build right. a built-to-suit or build-to-own facility, and you're going to see more of that going forward just just because. And both the Amazon and MC Machinery, those are high-image finish. And yes. they, from the expressway, they look beautiful. And at nighttime when they're lit up, it really has some luster to that area. Yeah. And, and, Chad, you mentioned something about, you know, we have the luxury of, in this area, where it seems like you could just always go west. Like every just forever till you hit St. Louis or something, um, but I would imagine for for Brian for companies that you're representing, and you're saying hey you could go out west. There's there's land. We talked a little bit about this earlier, but there's challenges to that because there's no, there's less infrastructure, there's less workforce. They want to be more in the O'Hare market where there's infill development. So how do you balance showing them the new product out west with the older product? in O'Hare Market with the potential for redevelopment. All this great, this is all great statistics and great news, but does it make your job harder? Because now you've got more issues to deal with. <laughs> it doesn't make it harder. Uh, it, it, it's up to, the, up to the client. I mean, if they can go west as equally as staying here, then more than likely if it's a challenge getting it done in this area, they'll go west. Uh, cost of, you know, occupancy is cheaper. Uh, then the, then the drawback, not the drawback, but the challenge is labor. And you know, a lot of these companies that are going west are already here, yeah. and they love to stay here. And if they can figure it out like MC Machinery, they will. Because in that deal, you get a lot of competition from four communities out west. So, yeah, it's a balancing act, and, uh, it's, you know, but usually the company themselves can figure it out pretty easily when you lay out the opportunities and they plug in all the uh, criteria to make it work, labor, cost of uh, travel, uh, trucking, O'Hare location, I mean, uh, it all balances out. And in the case of MC Machinery, there's no question that they could figure it out here, and they did, they would stay here. So what I think I hear you saying is you always present Elk Grove Village first to them, right? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> We're always at the top of the list. Right. And you bring up labor. Uh, last July and November, Elk Grove Village, actually, we held two job fairs. So when we have, we strive to provide resources to the business community. So when when they're looking at locations out west or other communities, there's those intangibles that Elk Grove Village is here to help you grow. And in that, keeping that spirit in mind, we held two job fairs recently. Uh, between the two job fairs, we had 800 people show up looking for employment. Wow. 
So what you read in the media about people not wanting to work, we had 800 people and we had 130 companies exhibit. People got hired that day on the spot. So I think if everyone works together, the, the private sector, the public sector, there's answers to the labor issue, to the real estate issue. You just got to be creative. I read an article the other day that said that this last quarter there was more people who changed jobs because of opportunity and pricing than ever before. Mm -hmm. I so believe it. To your point. Right, right now, how many employees come into the town uh, every day? What's the number of that? The last time I looked, and you can look this up, I believe it's on the uh, Illinois Department of um, Employment, about 60,000. 60,000. That's a lot of 60,000. Six, yeah. yeah. six, six zero thousand. I mean, I, I very few. That's twice the population of the re of the residents. I mean, how many communities can talk about that kind of number? Yeah. You know, very few. What's it's in Chicago. No, it's definitely an incredible dynamic area. I mean, the, the population of Elk Grove is about 33,000. We get about 60,000 coming to work every day right. here in Elk Grove Village. And it's, as you know, it's a diverse economy and uh, there's a lot of types of uses here. Um, and even during. Like I said, we had those two job fairs. In between those two job fairs, we had a manufacturing expo, which we had uh, 300 people attend. So people are still doing business, and it blows my mind that the, 20, tw the 2021 vacancy rate was less than the 2020 vacancy rate. So the economy kept chugging along all through uh, the pandemic, which is unfortunately still looming. Well, the, the running joke in our office is our office brokers want to become industrial brokers because the demand is better. <laughs> it's the only demand. <laughs> well, this is actually uh, a repeat performance for you guys because you were here a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, Josh, we were last here in October 2019. We recorded episode 26 with you guys, and that was our first time getting together. But, um, yeah, we encourage our audience to go back and, and listen to that one. But. Yeah, we uh, had a little bit different conversation there, but still touching on some of those key fundamentals here in Elk Grove, transportation, infrastructure, workforce, the, the height of the industrial markets, and the development and pricing trends. Well, and back then we, we said 3% was the vacancy rate, and uh, the, the, the inventory base was 93 million square feet, so kind of give you some historical perspective. Well, if it gets any lower, we're, we're all going to be out of a job. <laughs> we will create ways to keep going. <laughs> Mama likes her money. So, so what's the latest you see about O'Hare uh, in the next three or four years in terms of Elk Grove growth? Well, you know, Elk Grove, we're landlocked. So what we've been doing lately, like I said, is kind of looking at these opportunities for redevelopment outside of what traditionally is the industrial park. So we've, we've done some industrial development along Devon, uh, south of the industrial park. Uh, we've allowed some development in Northwest Point that's more industrial focused. Um, and there's some pockets here and there. Uh, we really encourage the teardown rebuilds for new industrial because we like to have new buildings that, that boost the tax revenue that allows the village to provide a high level of service to the business community, to the residents by having a nice, robust, growing tax base. So as long as we can keep delivering product uh, in an infill capacity because we're landlocked, and as long as we can keep working with, with people like yourself, Brian, to make them aware of the benefits of being in Elk Grove Village, I think we're going to, you know, hopefully maintain this low vacancy rate. And, and, and as that vacancy rate stays low, keep providing value to the business community through the work Nick and I do by job fairs, expos, um, any other, you know, resources we have. So I think it's looking pretty positive. And then, Josh, to, to piggyback off that, all the new development that's occurring all across the you know, Chicagoland area, 
you're seeing bigger TI packages because the, the those occupiers want to retain their their employees, so they're building out better lunch rooms, more employee based benefits, so they can retain employees because they don't want to lose them to the next guy in town who's offering maybe a buck more an hour and retain them because they're adding all these nice lush you know employee perks that's that's a good point and you know that reminds me of of the elk grove tech park that was developed a couple years ago which is now full and you talk about amenities that has amenities that unlike any other uh, industrial development in cook county with the, the the ponds and the walking path and that's attracted that's attracted companies mostly foreign investment Japanese companies, Italian companies, German companies, all in manufacturing type of companies. So let's not forget about the foreign investment aspect that people are seeing the value of being in this area, but they also want the high-end amenity-rich developments. And the tech park was very successful in attracting several of those types of companies. And if you look at that, you mentioned the two in Northwest Point that were high-image and then these these seven companies that moved into the um, Brennan's development in, in the Elk Grove Village Tech Park, those are traditional industries that would go to Schaumburg because of the 90 and the cachet of the, the Highway Expressway. They didn't land there. They landed in Elk Grove Village. Well, you said that, George. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Our Grove competition. <laughs> the Elk Grove Tech Park is the envy of other communities to be neutral because projects that I bring to other towns for development – uh, with developers, uh, more than that, uh, the community development director or planning say, well, can you do something very similar to the Elk Grove Tech Park and give us some pines and give us some really... Yeah. And it's and the developer pulls back and says, well, we're not Elk Grove. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I think that park, obviously being one of the most successful high-image parks, uh, will probably set a cap rate record for Chicago yeah. for this year on the investment sales market. I think one of our previous high-water marks from, from last year was about $165 a foot um, in no, the city. It wasn't Elk Grove. Mm-hmm. That would have been CA's building uh, yeah. that was sold to Goldman Sachs. So what was the cap rate on that, do you recall? I don't have it, but that uh, at $165 a foot, you'd have to think the technology park uh, that surpasses was, that. And that was partially leased, too. Correct. Partially leased. That's a great success story, that building, that project. Yeah. Definitely. Visionary project. Yeah. It was a farm field for ever. Right, the Bussy Farm. Uh, Since the beginning of time. Yeah, just a little side story. I mean, that that location was a, a everybody wanted that location because it was the last piece of vacant close in eighty five acres. But uh, I give credit to the mayor and the town for basically saying no to a lot of projects that could have been simply just plain Jane industrial buildings. That there's a better use for that location, and that time went on, you guys found it. Yeah, no, it's beautiful. Right to the point, you got Microsoft now in thirty five acres, right? Right, half of the tech park is a Microsoft data center complex. Yeah, big stuff. So Microsoft is investing in, in Elk Grove Village. Big names. These are big corporate And how big is that investment in Microsoft? A billion dollars. Wow. <laughs> Don't quote me, Microsoft. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I love data. George, you're, you're, you're the data guy. What are, what are the reports that you publish, and how can people find them and do their own kind of market analysis? Because they're very informative. Well, thank you. Chad and I put together a quarterly report. Uh, it gets emailed out to our institutional world, but it also is, uh, will be uploaded to our website. Website is? That's jll.com, and under the Trends and Insights section, you can find any of our research and um, obviously our Chicago industrial market reports, but as well as, hey, the data center report or 
If you need a, uh, a report on the uh, the O'Hare office market, we've got that too. Do you uh, cover the whole country or just Chicago for your reports, George? We just do Chicago, but uh, Chad and I are also uh, do white papers that stretch around the country. Chad just completed one uh, the other day on a truck ISP. Truck terminals. Truck terminals, which was a national piece, and that's another growing industry, so we have another another time we can talk about it. You guys let truck terminals in Elk Grove? <laughs> I don't think we've had a truck terminal in Elk Grove in a while. You've got you got two. Not they, recently they, built. No, think. right, but you've got two, two or three successful yeah. ones. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But just uh, as a broker, George and Chad and his team, Paul Marsh, I mean, i, I got to tell you, I've been around a long time in this business. Nobody touches these guys. And I'm not saying that because I'm in a podcast with Gary Hall. These guys are very good. Thanks, Brian. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, guys, for, for joining the podcast today. I think we had a great discussion about the industrial real estate market. Looking look up for look, looking up for 2022, I hope. Uh, already, yeah. yeah. Yeah, a lot of big projects in the pipeline, I hope. Yeah. Things are still going strong on the industrial side. We still have a lot of demand. I think one of, your, one of the things that are going to slow down demand is supply. And, you know, with some of the construction material constraints that we're seeing, a lot of developers who have or announce projects, it's going to take them a little bit longer to develop just because the supply in, of, of inventory products is not there. So things that should be delivered in 22 might be pushed out to 2023. Yeah. The pre-leasing of these buildings now, they can't deliver it until early, mid-2023. Right. That's 15 months out from now. So. Well, if anyone's looking to develop industrial or move to Elk Grove Village, give me a call, Josh Grads in Elk Grove Village, and we'll make it happen with your help. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Josh. Thank you for listening to the Strictly Business Podcast. We'll see you next time. If you want to learn more about Elk Grove Village's business opportunities, please visit our websites, makerswanted.org and egvbizhub.com. If you have comments or feedback about the show, please send it to us at strictlybizpodcast at gmail.com.